Hi, and welcome to LISD's Digital Dish. This podcast is hosted by Julia Frazier and Michael Vick, two of LISD's instructional technology facilitators. We will be discussing the latest digital innovations, dilemmas, and solutions for your classroom and more. We love Google, efficiency, and sharing information. Join us as we banter, debate, and discover the technology offerings of LASD and beyond. All right, here we are. Welcome to episode nine. Nine. Yeah, I think we're on episode nine. Almost in the double digits. Of the digital dish. Oh, my bad. Oh, Michael Michael left me hanging there. Of the digital dish. (laughs) And now I left him hanging. I'm Julia Frazier. I'm Michael Vick. And we are here to talk to you about, we have a special episode for you today. We kind of decided to theme it up. Yeah, so I got here and we were like, we only had one thing on the board to talk about, and that's smart board versus air server, and we'll get to that. But we really didn't have like an exciting digital tool to talk about, digital citizenship, and so we're just like, let's just talk about cool things. Yeah, so we're going to bring you an episode about making your digital life easier. Tips. Yeah, these are all basically Mac tips or and some other online tips just to kind of help you navigate your computer, make things more efficient, make things go faster. Stuff I wish I knew when I was a teacher. Some of the stuff I knew when I was a teacher, but not all of it. In fact, a majority of it I've learned in the last two and a half years not being a teacher. Right. Yeah. So we hope that you guys at least take one or two of these tips back to your own computer usage. I hope they take them all. Uh, I mean, I don't want them to take just one or two. I want them to take them all. (laughs) I hope you take them all as well. Well, there there are some that I think make me more efficient that may, that you may not like, that our audience may not like. And so don't take those, but take everything else. Right. Right. Basically, just take whatever's going to make your life easier. Just give it a shot. <laughs> um, so the first thing that I'm going to kick it off here. Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, time out. I had a joke I was going to tell oh, you. Oh, you did have right, a joke. Yeah. So I... we were we were originally supposed to record last week, which was the day after Halloween or two days after Halloween. Now it's like the 8th, I think, right? Is it the 8th? Yeah. It's the 8th. Yes. 8th. So now, so this is kind of Halloween-ish, right? So I'm going to tell you a joke anyway. Okay. Hey, Julia, why don't vampires attack Taylor Swift? Because she's amazing? No, because she has bad blood. That's why. <laughs> that was good. I like that joke. As a Taylor Swift aficionado, I do appreciate that joke. My daughter liked it. I, I like it, too. I went to her concert, and it was pretty amazing. You sat on the floor, or you stood on the floor, right? Yeah, we had floor seats. Yeah, I don't, you probably shouldn't have Sat we did not. Floor. We had seats, but we did not sit at all. We That's stood good. and danced and you bought a space and yes, and <laughs> had a grand old time. We, my friend Sarah and I, are like OG Swifties, and we were jamming out. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know she's talented. She's super talented. My daughter bought. A, she rented a book from the library all about Taylor Swift, and it went really into her story and like how she was almost not even a songwriter and how she started so young. I know she was really young, so I've been there from curly Swift, curly haired Swift. I was gonna say, <laughs> to, I don't know. to <laughs> yeah, the secret Swift. Um, to you know, Swift as she is today. Anyway, with a tude. Yes, All with right. a tude. So I'm gonna kick it off here by talking um, a little bit about desktop organization. Of 
course, your desktop is that landing page of your computer when you first log in. Default, you had this beautiful LISD desktop saver. Mine is currently cacti. Oh, I have succulents. like a I have like a series of pictures rotating of me and my kids and my wife yeah. and my family. So the desktop really isn't meant to be a place that you long-term store items. I get very stressed out when I see a cluttered desktop. It's just a part of my personality that really, it just really freaks me out. That doesn't mean that I don't store the occasional thing on my desktop. Yeah, I'm looking right now. You have like a picture, I, an emoji yes, of you. I have a row and a half of permanent things on my desktop. That row I and keep a half? There. Yes, I limit it to a row and a those half. Are, those are columns. The, sorry, a column and a half. Um, I limit it to a column and a half or else it stresses me out. And the things that I keep on my desktop are things that I refer to all the time. I keep a photo there because I put it in a lot of my advertisements and I use it frequently. And a lot of times like we're teaching a class or teaching a teacher how to put in a photo or whatever and it's nice just to have a thing right. there. But yeah, and, and so I have some things that I refer to a lot that I keep a copy on my desktop. But when you're considering your desktop organization, your desktop really should just be a temporary place where files go while you need them before you put them in a more permanent location. It should not be a storing place. My favorite way to use the desktop is if I'm creating something, I have screenshots and images and all that kind of stuff on my desktop galore. And then as soon as I'm done with the project, I delete it all off. So just be mindful of your desktop organization, how you're using your desktop. I kind of sh just shamed Michael into cleaning up That's his true. desktop. It happened. I, it's long overdue. I needed it. I needed to clean it up. Well, you know, it's like your regular, like it's called a desktop for a reason. Like you don't go to your desk and you put everything in storage on your desk. Correct. The stuff, your desk is really supposed to be for your like the stuff you're working on currently, and then when you're done, put it away. I mean, just think of it like that. Yeah. It's a temporary spot and before you organize some stuff away. There's nothing wrong with keeping things on your desktop while you're currently working on them, but don't make that a permanent spot for things to just kind of live. Exactly. Because, of course, if your computer were to die or, you know, need to go to technology, you wouldn't have those those items. So you want to keep them in a place where you can access them more easily from any place and any device like your drive. Yeah. I store almost everything in my Google Drive. So like when I was having a lot of computer issues towards the end when I had my MacBook Pro and I just, when I took it up there, like we're going to have to re-image. Is that a problem? Nope. Nope. Everything's in drive. Make exactly. It it's the same thing when we got our new, when we got our new Macs. It was when we switched from the Pro to the Air, no big deal because everything was in my drive. Right. Didn't have to worry about backing anything up. All right, so that's desktop organization. Moving on to extensions. So there are, we had a episode, episode one or two, where we talked about some cool extensions. I'm going to bring some of those up again. But Google extensions are basically these things, you, these buttons you can click on that are right next to your address bar. Now I'm talking in Google Chrome. Yeah. There are some add-ons and some other things in um, Firefox and in um, Safari, but I honestly just don't know a whole lot about those because I'm a Google Chrome primarily user. Same here. And because we use Google for our, you know, Google Docs, Google Drive, you really should be using the Chrome browser. Right. 99% of the time when a teacher comes to me and they're like, oh my gosh, this is not working in Drive. 99% of the time it's a browser problem. Right. And kind of like we were talking earlier on the, you know, the, if you ever need to re-image your computer, everything you have on Chrome, your bookmarks, your extensions, 
everything stays there once you log into Chrome. And so that stuff stays. And even if you have to use a different computer for a temporary amount of time, yeah. or you're, it's all right there. Okay, so here are a few of my favorites. So this is one that I haven't used a whole lot, but it's very useful, and I need to start getting in the, in the hang of it. And that's Sir Links a lot. Nancy Benton brought this up to me. Have you played with Sir Links a lot yet? I played with it a little bit, not not enough to really speak on it though. Right. Well, we, I mean, it can. You have your shortened link. You can do a preview of what it is. You can even. This is my favorite. Force a copy. So if you're on a oh, Google, nice. so if you're on a Google Doc or a Google Sheet or whatever, and you you can always do force a copy. You know, change the word edit at the end to copy, and it forces a copy. But this is just a one button click. You don't have to. Uh, I guess it saves you seven clicks or something. That's pretty awesome. I do like that. I'm looking at it now. There's a lot of great options just for for making your links shared in various formats for yeah, like a PDF. Depending on what what you're trying to do yeah. with it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. The um, next one I'm going to talk about is tab scissors and tab glue. So kind of like a split screen, except this splits the window. And so we're going to talk about how you can split your screen later on. But tab scissors and tab glue, you just click on tab scissors and it takes your current tab and it divides it in half with the tab before it. So it just takes that window and divides it into half, which is one button click. No resizing, no anything. And then in conjunction with it is tab glue. You click on tab glue and then it brings it right back to where it was. That's nice if you're having to work in multiple browser windows, but so you don't have to click back and forth between them. I, I really refer to it a lot. It's hard. It's hard to think of in the moment. Like it's really something you got to use frequently so you can get used to using it. Right. To build in that habit, that digital habit. Right. It's kind of like like I'm recommending it right now, and you're probably thinking, "Oh, what would I use that for?" But then it will come up. You're like, "Oh, that would have been good, and it'll be too late." So just kind of put it on there right now, right? So that when you're ready, oh, split screen, boom! I'm gonna try that out, and then then you'll have it, and you'll start using it more and more and more. That'd be good to go. The next one I'm going to talk about is Screencastify. So there's a lot of different ways you can screencast. In fact, we just we talked about a lot of those the other day in our last podcast. Or was it two podcasts ago? I don't know. Recently. Recently. <laughs> I don't know. It's all a blur. Audio-visual podcast. Yeah. I think that was last week. Okay. <laughs> or last time. Last time. But Screencastify is another, it's another screencasting thing where you can just take a screencast and put it directly into your Google Drive and... It's just really cool to have right there because it's not always convenient to go to QuickTime and then open up and then make your window and everything. Right. It's just a little bit more convenient. And then also puts it directly in your drive, which is another convenience. That is convenient. Thing. All right. So there are your extension. Then there's a ton in there. Like there that is, yeah. That's not even, there's thousands. I don't even know. Like, I use the add to keep extension all the time. Oh. Um, so when I'm on a website, Google Keep is one of, I love Google Keep for my organization and making checklists that are digital. So I can be on a website instead of, you know, I used to favor the bunch of websites. If I'm like, oh, I want to come back and look at that. I don't have time now or I'm going to use that in the future. I don't want to lose it. And so I would bookmark it or favor it. Well, instead with the add to keep, I can press the extension and it adds it to my keep notepad. So now my favorites are only limited to things that really are my favorites or really things that I am using frequently. And all those other websites that I want to refer back to, I keep in my keep. Keeping I keep in my keep, <laughs> and I use the the keep extension for so it's that. So like the modern day trapper keeper. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a huge, huge design. I'm always making flyers and designy type things. That's mm -hmm. one of my 
skill sets. And so there are a lot of really great extensions for design, like color droppers so I can match my colors perfectly. Sounds important. And make a great color scheme. It's very important. It's not important. It's important if you want things to look nice and appealing to the I'm eye. all about the meat, all right? You're all about the garnish. That's the difference between secondary and, and elementary. Elementary, so. we like the meat, but we like it to be pretty. I guess so. <laughs> So. Also, there's Add to Google Classroom. Like I said, you just got to go check them out. You could spend a whole day in there just finding stuff yeah. you like and want to play. Like I'm looking at yours over here, and there's a lot of stuff I'm going to have to ask you about later. Yeah, for like, sure. What's that B thing? What is that? The what red B circle thing? Bitlink. Oh, that's your bit. Okay, your shortened link for Bitly. Cool. Okay, mm -hmm. I didn't know there was one for that. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, moving on. I think you were going to talk about something, yeah. Michael, that was similar to the tab scissors and tab glue. Yeah, so there's this, um, I don't know how new it is. It's kind of new to me, but there's a button to split screen your whatever it is you're working on, different apps or different windows or whatever it is. If you click and hold on the maximize button, you can, you'll see that this like darker gray area pops up and you can throw your window right in that area and it covers just that half a screen. Then you can click on something else and you get the other half. So whereas tab scissors and tab glue is specific to browsers. Yeah, and, and just, just that browser window. Right. Split screen, you can split the browser and then bring up <laughs> any other open application. application. Yeah. yeah. Also, it doesn't have to be half and half. Now, it starts off half and half, but you can click and drag it to be like you know, three-fourths, one-fourth. I haven't exactly measured, but, you, you know, kind of visual. It can get, You can cover more area with it with any certain one. That's awesome. Another great Mac, you know, Mac and iPads, they are built with what are called special gestures, and it's just different ways that you can touch the trackpad or touch the screen to make other things happen. And one of the gestures that I love is if you take – three fingers and you swipe up on the trackpad, it kind of brings all of your open applications laid out so that you can see them all on one desktop. You know what that's called? No, I don't. It's actually called Mission Control. Oh, I learn something new every day. I thought Mission Control was something different, but when you when you get that Mission Control, it puts all of your open documents on, on one visible plane. So if I had like my email open and my internet open and maybe a spreadsheet that my boss had sent me if I had all those things open and I'm trying to find them instead of having to minimize everything you just do that three finger swipe up and you get your mission control and you're able to select the item that you want to use back in the day on a PC I used to push alt tab a lot to go from thing window to window and when I got on a Mac mission control replaced that for right me. It, yeah it, it, it helped me kind of get from one thing to the next quickly. It's very nice. And also when when you're in this mission control, if you go up to the very top, you'll see a word that says desktop. And if you click on it, you can open actually open multiple desktops. There will be a plus sign on the right-hand side that you can add a desktop. And when you're adding a desktop, you can have totally different things open in that desktop. So when I was in the classroom, this was really great for if I had business on one desktop screen, like my email and things I didn't want the kids to see. And then on my second desktop, I would have open the things on the internet that we were currently, like maybe we were looking at a video or I was pulling up some articles for them. So I could have the multiple desktops and then when I wasn't using 
my students' desktop, I could go back to my work desktop and kind of flip back and forth between the two mm -hmm. without having to minimize and maximize and minimize and maximize. That's good. Yeah, when you're playing a movie or something or a clip or whatever on a different screen, you can do work on one screen and then do the other one. Yes. That's nice. So the next one I'm going to talk about is Hot Corners. And if you go to the Apple and then System Preferences, then you click on Mission Control, which I know we were just talking about Mission Control, but this kind of identifies what's on your Mission Control. You click on Hot Corners, and then you can choose. your. your there's four corners on your computer, and you can choose if you just kind of casually move your mouse into that corner, what will pop up. And there's tons of options in there. Now, be careful because you may not know, you may naturally go to the top right just to kind of move out of the way. And so then that you don't want to accidentally be popped into somewhere. Right. You just have, it's something you got to play with and practice. Personally, the only one I use is on the bottom left. I go to Mission Control. So Julia was talking about how you can do the three-finger swipe up to get to Mission Control. For me, I just go to the bottom left corner, and, and I made that a hot corner for me. That's yeah. awesome. Another thing I'm going to talk about is your launch pad. So... On the bottom left of your screen, you'll see like a rocket ship, and you can click on the rocket ship, and that's your launch pad. And it's a shortcut to all the apps on your computer. We've talked about many of these. But there's another way to get to Mission Control as well. And if you take, I don't know, four fingers, just leave your pinky out of this, and you go from the outside to the inside on your trackpad, and you got to do it all in one motion, it'll take you straight to that launch pad as well. So if you want to try to find a different application, like Air Server, for example, is on your launch pad, and sometimes it kind of pulls itself off of your computer, that's how you can reopen it again, by going to your launch pad. I did not know that one. Michael taught me that, and it took me a second to get the hang of it, but now I got it. Good. I am trained. It, it really makes you feel like a super genius. Like when you're, <laughs> when you're working, like I'll be working on a teacher's computer and be like, oh, how do you get air server? And I get on the computer and all of a sudden I start pulling up new things and it makes them. Uh, makes oh, me the sick. power. It makes you feel like a wizard. Yes. The power yes. is in my hands. Um, it says the Harry Potter fanatic. Okay. Um, <laughs> moving on to some other things you can find in system preferences. Again, when you. You click on the Apple in the upper left-hand corner. That's how you access your system preferences. And one of the ones that I was, like, when we moved from our Mac Pro to our Mac Airs, and this was not turned on my computer, I had to immediately enable it, and that is the tap to click. So instead of actually clicking on your mouse pad and you hear the audible click to access something, you can enable where you just lightly tap on the on the trackpad it does take some getting used to yes but I, I had to like consciously michael tap tap here stop yes. clicking just tap i had to really relearn how to do that but once you get into a tapping state of mind <laughs> it's hard to leave it if i'm working with somebody else and they don't have that on their computer or my you know my husband their school district are pc users and when i'm helping with something on his computer yeah. i am like <laughs> What is this clicking thing? I don't like it at all. It drives me crazy. Um, to enable that, you just are going to go into your system preferences and you'll click on trackpad because it is a trackpad gesture, I guess. And the very first trackpad selection you can choose is point and click. And then there is just, you check the box next to tap and click. And that way you don't have to actually physically on something. And while you're in there, there's tons of gestures and there's a nice little 
image of how to do all those gestures and you can just learn like for those of you who back in the day you're like god i have to go learn this trackpad after really getting pretty good on the mouse well this is why there are so many more functions you can do on a trackpad besides just point and click yeah to help you be more efficient so if you ever want to you know kind of see all the different things you can do with your trackpad just look in that little trackpad because you can pull up it also shows you scroll and zoom, and it shows you more gestures, so you can kind of enable whatever whatever you need. One of the other particular things that I love in system preferences that sometimes, I'm not going to lie, people laugh at me and say yeah. it's quite comical. I, I tried to use it for a little while, and I did not like it. Is I have a giant mouse, right? My mouse cursor is giant, and that is because... I present a lot, and I want people to be able to see where I'm clicking. Even though this is an audio podcast, I bet they can still see it. <laughs> it is giant. And I can't go back to a small mouse. I've tried. I've said maybe I, it is a little ridiculous. But it's not. And when I'm in classrooms with teachers or with students, they can see where I'm clicking, which is important if I want them to follow along with my steps. And that is actually an, an accessibility feature. So again, going to system preferences and then clicking on accessibility, you'll go down to display. And when you click on display, you are able to change your cursor size. My, to be fair, my cursor size is not the largest. Oh yeah, I'm a little surprised. Okay, it's just... It's Put it on the largest, I wanna see what it looks it's like. It's just over half. The largest is quite out of control. Yeah, you don't even know where you're clicking. It's like, I click here and you just click on an entire yeah. document. So, you know, you can really, you can make your cursor very tiny or very big. But like I said, just for your the visibility of your students, sometimes it's nice to have a larger cursor. It'd be cool there. if you could change the color. I wonder if you can do that. I'm gonna Google that after this. Yeah. You should. I wonder if you can. Yeah, that'd be neat. I bet there's an extension or something for that. Yeah. And lastly, we're going to talk about a new Google thing. Yeah, this is cool. I learned this yesterday. I was out walking and I heard this on the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Uh, yes, I learned it on the podcast on Monday. And Google has just created a shortcut for creating new documents, whether it's a doc, a slide, a sheet and we even tried it or on sites. sites and it works with sites to create a brand new one so sometimes I'm working in a browser and I need to do a new document and then I have to go to my drive and it's a big long process but now you can just type the kind of document you want to create so doc and then dot new and it'll create a brand new document for slides it would be slides dot new for sheets it would be sheets Dot new, and then for sites, it would be sites.new. I'd imagine this forces you to log in. I would think if that you... if you're not logged in, you would need to get to be logged yeah. in to your Chrome browser. But man, how easy is it's, that? It's really cool. It's really neat. One of those things that impress your friends. Yeah, you're just oh, I'm creating a new document. It's pretty awesome. Pretty I'm cool. not gonna lie. I wonder what happened if you did that on your phone. I don't know. I don't know. Or on your iPad. Yeah. I wonder if it would, because you have to have the app for that. I wonder. Are you going to do it right now? I'm going to do it right now because okay. our students will be in Safari. All right. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to move on to this next cool thing. No. I mean, just stay with me. Yeah. I'm almost there. Doc.new. It does work. 
on the oh, safari. Oh, and, and then it asks you if you want to go to the app to the from app. there. Yeah. Okay. So it works. It does work. On the iPad as well. Neat. Pretty exciting. Man, that is so useful. It's very useful. So the next thing we're going to talk about, we kind of already mentioned it earlier. I already put in a plug for Air Server. So Air Server, if you don't know, is when you can project your iPad onto your computer. And then if your computer is plugged into a projector, you're basically projecting your iPad. And I really like using Air Server. I use it every day in my classroom. I took, I did my math problems through it. You can actually record using Air Server. How did how do teachers find Air Server? How do you get it? Yeah, so Air Server is in your self service. So you click on the self service, and it's one of the programs you can install. There's been a few cases where it hasn't been there, really only a few, and then you would just need to send an email to your tech on your campus, and then they can get it to you. They can put it on there. I mean, really. The thing I like about Air Server is that while you're air serving, you can walk around the room. If you're if you're stuck at the front of your room, it's hard for you to really get those kids who don't want to pay attention. You know, there were even times where I was working on a math problem on on Air Server, and like a kid wasn't really paying attention, I'll just hand them my iPad and I'll let them do it, and uh, you know, put them on the spot and try to work through the problem themselves. And kids are really paying attention to how that other kid does it more than how I do it, which is kind of stupid but whatever yeah it is what it is it's great to be able to show student documents i think you can have up to four screens shared at the same time with their server oh no no you can have many many of many them. of them yeah it, i mean they say like 30 something when i googled it i was in a teacher's classroom one time when we had a little bit of downtime at the end of class i know never happens and we're just like, let's see how many we can get on there. And it started going really slow around 20. But oh, yeah, wow. it automatically splits your screen up as people, you know, connect through Air Server. Which is really nice because you can sh showcase how different students are solving different problems or doing work in different ways. Sometimes I would have, if it was like a manipulative problem or if it was something on their desk, just have them snap a picture of it and then air serve the picture. Cool. So not all students have to be surrounding that one desk or yeah. they don't see what you're talking about. Right. It's cool. So I really like air server. I use it in conjunction with the good notes, which is a paid note taking app. So you can zoom in and anyway, there's a lot of really cool things. I'm, this isn't an advertisement for good notes, but I think that's how I used it. And I used it frequently, very frequently. Yeah. So those are our tips for you. We, I mean, there's really a ton out there. If you just met with your ITF and said, hey, Mr. and Mrs. ITF, let's, uh, can you just teach me some things on your computer? They have like a, a list of stuff they can put together for you. Yeah. And so and, worth your time. And there are more um, and there are more things that you can do in the Chrome browser and more special gestures. And there are just a lot of cool things that you can learn to make your life easier. I think as soon as I learn, think I've learned all of them – there's a new one that pops up, right? right? Every, and it's yeah. not about learning all of them, although it would be pretty cool if you did. It's about learning the ones that make your workflow more streamlined. Yeah. You know? Right. You know, it's learning one thing at a time. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of shortcuts to, so you could be a ninja on on your computer, but it's really just learn. It, it really would, wouldn't be your time to learn every single one of them. It wouldn't be worth it, especially because you couldn't, not at one time. You know, right. just practice little by little. When you when you find yourself learning something new, practice it. Put a little reminder next to your trackpad on your computer. You know, do something little like that. Yep, absolutely. All right, there you have it. There's episode nine in the books. Well, that's a wrap, guys. We'll see you next time. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.